What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Live series. This episode's guest is with Christian Machado. This was our Facebook and YouTube live series that we do typically every Wednesday. Uh, Christian came on to end our Machado week where we posted uh, the podcast we had done, audio from the Instagram live we had done shortly after that, and then just kind of kicking off basically the last of uh, some press before his album Hollywood E. Sycamore came out, which is out now, so go pick it up. And uh, this is a fun chat. Uh, Dan was involved, and that was really fun getting him uh, involved with that. And as of when I'm recording this intro for it, Dan's actually talking to Christian right now, and we'll be on an upcoming episode of Discuss Metal. So that's going to be pretty tight. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. So join us tonight as we talk to Kyle Conkeel of Bad Wolves. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got some other great guests that we're lining up for these live series. Again, check us out on our Facebook or YouTube channel, Bruce Speak Pod. Uh, we do it typically every Wednesday around 9.30. Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Christian from a few weeks ago. Talk to you on Sunday. Yeah, I don't really know what a good uh, name for this would be, I guess. Like, (laughs) Brew Week, Brew Hump Day? Uh, I don't know. Brew Hump Day, I love it. Brump Day? (laughs) We should patent that. Brian Patton? Yeah, I mean, every time... Got to admit, I'm uh, a little peeved right now. I just spilled beer on a $150 gaming keyboard. And now it just types the letter H continuously. So, so For help? I, uh, I think it's trying to communicate with yeah. you. It needs help. So now, I'm, now I'm going with the uh, old school Dell founded in the basement uh, <laughs> keyboard. I mean, you're, you're in the basement, so it would make sense if that's where you'd find it. Sorry, I, by basement, I meant garage. Ah, okay. I do I like sound Dan. okay? Yeah, you sound fine. Cool. Do I sound fine? Yeah. Oh, I just had to rip all of my stuff because I had all my stuff running through. Yeah, you sound great. Uh, I had all of my stuff running through. Um, I had all my stuff running through my uh, my my focus right here. Uh, was plugged into the keyboard. Ah. Because it had a bunch of USB slots on it, and uh, this is so old, I probably could have tried that, but I'm not convinced this old Dell keyboard is going to support. <laughs> A high-end audio interface device or if it is if it does support it that's kind of i get what i pay for type of situation right <laughs> so here we are so uh i feel like dan i'm drinking an elysian yeah 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 it's a uh it's a keyboard killer so there's that. i don't i, I mean don't i'm feel... i'm like really upset Damn, about that's it, pretty but... good what do you have the uh dark of the moon mm. good stuff that's pretty solid Currently watching uh, AEW, uh, watching my boy Cody Vance, uh, part of the Dark Order, actually trying to get him back on because that is one of our lost episodes, actually, is the uh, chat we did with him when we weren't allowed to talk to wrestlers. <laughs> the lost episode that you did. Um... Probably two years ago now. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, we have, uh... yeah, and then I'm watching the NBA playoffs, but look who it is. Hey, there he is. Look who it is. What's up, guys? <laughs> I feel like I've been talking to you so much this week, but it's from months ago. <laughs> but you're oh. just but you're seeing me fresh right here. <laughs> I think you I think it's impossible for you not to be fresh. You know what you guys doing? Look, and you got a partner this time, dude. I do. Yep, yep, yep. What's up, man? Not to too much. You, you too. You, you guys are here to like do good cop, bad cop type of stuff. No, huh? I think my I, mean, bad, I don't think I can be a bad cop after today's events. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, John John bought me some uh, bought me some sweet sweet vinyl uh, today, oh. and so I'm uh, super stoked about that. It was one of those things where, and this is actually an interesting uh, topic to I guess start off with is, um, so there's this band that I like that put out a couple of their old records on vinyl in a very limited capacity. I'm talking like 500 copies. Uh, of a record and then like you know how they'll do them like different colors and stuff like that sure sure this band sold 500 copies no 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 2500 records in three minutes wow that's amazing yeah Yeah. it was a nightmare and it was one of those like um i had to put brakes on my car the other night so um money was kind of tight when these things came came around and uh john here i guess swooped in in that three minutes and snatched up the uh, <laughs> the limited the limited hey, well, releases well who was the band man now you got me curious uh it's uh my favorite band of all time and that would be uh zayo oh right on right on yeah and they put on uh yeah so they put out a couple of records that they released back in 97 and um anyway but yeah they obviously they they did very well uh in three minutes um but uh what's, were they, what's, were they, is this like a, some like a reunion for them that they're doing no there's no they're still around okay right um, on. Th- these were just reissues um because they've been around for like i don't know like how many years now what did they see since the mid 90s i don't know however long that is what 25 years something something like that yeah, um so- that's a good long career to have in the music industry, man. The music industry, you hardly, some bands hardly last a couple albums, you know, but yeah. it seems. So what's up, man? What you guys up to? You, man. I mean, your record comes out on Just Friday. So, me? I mean, it's a big day. Yeah. Well, it's going to be the big day. Oh, how are, how are you? How are you feeling two days out? Good. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I'm, extremely happy with the album i think the songs are amazing on it you know for an acoustic album for a vibe album for an album that's about you know personal con personal feelings and stuff like that it's pretty you know i'm pretty happy with it it's a terrible time to be promoting music out here but you know it's just music man we got to keep making it it seems like you've actually been just doing a shitload of press yeah yeah for sure for sure I have been. I'm extremely grateful and blessed, man, with any any of the attention I've gotten is, you know, more than I expected, to be honest with you. I didn't know that anybody would even give a shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even made a blabbermouth headline the other day. Damn, I almost got in trouble in public. Did you see that? <laughs> no. I, mean, I saw I, it. I almost got in trouble in public. Thank God I didn't go too far. You right. know? I mean, it's... it's uh, it was a shitty situation having to see that, but you know when, when you're in a situation that a, a lot of a lot of people are wasted, and somebody yeah. does something stupid, it's not always your job to correct the little guy that's wasted doing something dumb. You know, sometimes you just got to be like, well, thank God my crew isn't like that. You know, because you're on tour. And the reality is, if you're on tour and some shit goes away and you know, in another band that's starting to do something that is in your eyes, either sketchy, disrespectful or whatever. Most of the time you're going to go, fuck, thank God that's not in my crew. Cause we'd be having to deal with some shit, you know? And yeah. sometimes you, you only correct the right people. But in this case, man, it was, 
so many people were there when that was done. I was like, I, I can't believe this person is doing this in front of people. And it was a crew guy that started. And I really don't want to say who it was because it's not. No, no, I, no, it's no, not no. my I mean, job to. Like, I was just know. making fun of you for. <laughs> yeah, I almost for, got, for basically I almost, getting catching some heat. It almost got me in trouble. Yeah, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> The only the only ball busting I'll do to you, and then I'll turn it over to Dan, is uh, so when are you going to do that track with Andrew, man? Oh man, soon! Like I told you, I have, I haven't let him know yet that I have demos to it. I've right. demoed, I've demoed vocals to it. I haven't let him know that yet, but I haven't let him know because I still feel like okay, I got like four or five different small versions of what like the chorus could be and things like Hell that. Yeah. But I just don't feel. I'm not 100% happy with showing them what I have yet. So it's the only reason I haven't really showed them yet, you know. But but I'm gonna, when I when I hit them off with the demos though, I'm going to hit them off with a couple of things that are really good though. So Hell yeah. You know, he uh he hit me up out of nowhere, man, and I'm a huge fan of what he does. Of course, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw down on a heavy track with him, dude. Fuck that. Well, I mean, it was just one of those things to me like when it uh when he sent it to me, he was like, "Yo, I just hear Christian on this." And I was like, "Hold on." Cause he was like, I reached out to him on Facebook and I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't use it. And I, I know just in dealing with you that you're kind of like, eh, I don't always check my Facebook and shit like that. So Ooh. I was like, all right, all right, all right. And I was like, well, let me, uh, let me fucking, uh, be the mediator here and, and get some shit popping off between you two. Cause as soon as he sent it to me, I, I did that thing. Like, uh, I was just leaving, grabbing dinner. So I was driving through downtown, did the old car trick, which is just the music, the demo form. And I was like, yo, this shit's fucking Popping. It's but yo, it's yo, it's so bumping, dude. I swear to God, the track, it, yo, it's gonna be so dope. And the the stuff I put to it is like really badass. But I want to make sure that what I send them is like the it is it. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I, I'm gonna send them a couple of different uh, ideas too, because I yeah. want him to be involved in like helping me pick what what he feels like the parts that kind of fit and stuff like that. But I mean, look, man, it can't be on me. I was trying to keep it quiet, but I guess <laughs> you letting everybody know now. Tell people what's going on, what we're talking about. Nobody knows what we're talking All about. All right. Well, I mean, I'll even give you another thing because I'll call out someone else just in case somebody picks this shit up. But so Andrew uh, from the Ghost Inside sent me a track and he was, uh, you know, because we did a top five new metal uh, countdown, Dan and I and him on this and you know he's like dude i've been just in this like new metal phase kind of like you know i already you know jet kind of already and some metal kind of borrows a lot of those bouncy rhythms that is you know typified a new metal and so he's like man i've just been in this like headspace i wrote this track you know the track that i that he sent me and then you know he sent you and he's like i just hear christian doing his fucking thing on this and then he, like i said he sent it to me and i was at a bar so i wasn't even gonna try to hear it and then got in the car cranked up my stereo nighttime and he was like oh fuck i haven't even given it the like nice driving while you're listening to it like vibe to it and uh he's still he's still in the studio like figuring out bars. i mean his home studio yeah like he he just i mean he has a home studio in his house and it's just that's what he does pretty much all day he just sits in and locks in and just writes a bunch of shit like he wrote a uh like 90s g-funk era rap song that i've kind of been trying to fuck with just that's to see dope. like a, as a creative writing exercise like if i could even do anything with it um and then i got somebody else potentially involved that i'm not going to speak on just yet um we're actually trying to get lejean because he's got another song because he, he's a big seven dust fan and he's like yo like i want to get lejean on this thing and i was like are you trying to do like some kind of all-star studded fucking album or something and he was I think like he is i think he yeah. is man i mean the song he sent me is really really cool really you know it's it's got a, a great heavy vibe but it's got a, some cool melody in there and 
you know, it's everything that you would want a, a, a heavy band that just has really no boundary, but it's just doing something cool and heavy to have. And I think it's going to turn out to be awesome. If the other songs he's doing are as good as the one he sent me, man, the EP is going to be badass. That's that I know. Yeah, but, I don't know. Um, but I'm I haven't... surprised he did everything on it too. And he played like, he played the guitar and, and played all the instruments on it and everything. So I was, you know, I, I, I was like, dude, I'm surprised you did all this. It sounds awesome. The song's really freaking good. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the thing, I think, with this new Ghost Inside record, too, is, you know, and I, I'm only saying that, like, it's on the podcast they've done and shit like that, so it's not like a, I'm speaking out of turn, but, like, if he wrote a lot get of... in trouble. You're going to no, get in no. trouble. They spoke about it on the podcast, on a podcast they did, so it's fine, but, like, Andrew write, writes a lot of the stuff for them now. And, That's awesome. Excuse me, and it was one of those things where I think, you know, if you listen to the new Ghost Inside record, or even more to the point, uh some of the stuff that he's been writing and putting out on his, you know, one decade stuff, uh, which we did a podcast about, which is all instrumental. You people are kind of surprised. They're like, I didn't know Andrew could write all of this shit. And then even like, yeah, he it was said, pretty like, impressive, dude. You know, he was a guitar player first and then happened to pick up drums and, and become more of a drummer in a, in a, a signed band kind of a deal. But yeah, yeah no, it's impressive. And the guitars aren't like, aren't like, oh, is this like a drummer playing this? Like, it doesn't sound no. like some rookie guitar thing. It's no. like really fucking groovy and it's got, great riffs and good melody and good guitar layers you know but when when he hit me up i think you you're one of the first ones that i had talked to when he did hit me up right I, yeah I, as far as i can remember i think so yeah. yeah i've been trying to keep it quiet i didn't know how much you wanted to talk about but you're you're the one that's going to get in trouble hey you know what i already I, told him i was going to call i was now we say can it. blab about it forever I'm we can blabber mouth about it, it. <laughs> we can blabber mouth about it forever we, i'm not even guilty of it now yeah, no, it, it's, it is. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see uh, see what you do with it. But uh, now that Dan's back, Dan, what do you uh, what do you want to what do you want to get into with Christian? I, I don't know. I I I, uh, <laughs> I missed out on the last five minutes. I just. Uh, we were just talking about basically that uh, Andrew from Ghost Inside sent uh, a track to Christian, and Christian's okay. going to do some vocals yeah. on it. So we're just waiting cool. to see what's going on with that. That'll be super cool. Well, kind of kind of on that, you know, when he was talking about um, Andrew not. You know, people are like, oh, I can't believe he write he wrote all this stuff. Have you gotten that type of reaction from people um, as far as as far as your record and the stuff of people being like, oh, well, what you know? Because I've always felt like, especially with vocalists, I feel like people tend to underplay your musical ability in the sense of of actually writing songs and 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 writing and instruments and things like that. Um. Yeah. You know, it's funny because most of the people. Most of my friends that are close friends that I would like, I'm a musician 24-7 as much as I can be. I try to be anyway. So like my friends that I'm in the studio with all the time or people that I've, you know, helped with music or friends that talk about music with me all the time. They know, they know, they, they heard it when they heard it, you know, and I kept it quiet until I was able to send people some, you know, the actual cuts of the album. But when they heard it, they were like, oh, cool, you're doing some of the other stuff you always kind of, you know, like to do and stuff. Um, but the fans, for sure, they probably are like, what? I was not expecting this. You know, this is, it is a complete 180 from, not a, not a complete 180, but it's a complete different presentation of anything else I've ever done. You know, yeah. and I, it was scary, for sure. I told, I told, uh, I told you before, John, that I, it was like, yo, people might just throw me out the window. They might just be like, <laughs> screw this guy. Throw out his CDs. Who the hell does he think he is just writing some acoustic shit? Well, I'm you know actually trying I mean? to remember, too. 
you know, I know a lot of like radio things go on. Like when, you know, when bands are on tour, they do a lot of like in-store radio performances and so forth. Did, did Il Nino really ever do any of that really? You know, the funny thing is that we tried, but I, I, I'd have to put it on myself that I was never good at it. I was always mm. terrible at like, you know, like writing, making a song metal and then figuring out a way to like calm it down and chill it out and do it all mellow. And I, I mean, we did, we did it several times and, you know, have done like the guest show up appearance acoustically at this radio station or, at a, you know, at a pre-show or um, as like a guest appearance or something like that. But, you know, I, I don't think I ever really, other than writing a song, because I always wrote on acoustic guitar and I try to write on acoustic guitar as much as I can, but I always write on acoustic and more t taking it more than that, it, it, at least feeling like it was more serious and thinking more professionally along the lines of acoustic didn't happen until like maybe five years ago or something, you know? My mind was like always, we're a metal band, we're a metal band. Yeah, I write on acoustic, but we're making songs metal, you know? And some people could debate, you guys weren't really a metal band. You were a hard rock band, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know. In my mind, I, don't know, man. I, I was like, like we're, more we're hard rock. We're hard rock, you know. We're metal. We're metal. And technically, being acoustic just didn't fit in my head until, until I had more time to sit around with an acoustic to just play, not so much to write. And then it made me realize, oh, well, some some parts could be cool, and but it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't. I'll, I'll tell you this much: the way that I am presenting the past songs that I, I I've done in the old band. It's not done at all how we've done it in the past. I think that I would have been able to do it if we would have done it with guitars properly tuned to E and mm -hmm. you just figure out the chords properly to the song. It doesn't matter that the electric is tuned all the way down to B. You should be still be using a properly tuned acoustic guitar and just figure out what the chords are and use different voices, which is what we did. We had a properly tuned, you know, I sat, sat around with my homie Conrado and we were like, all right, let's just have a proper acoustic guitar, but figure out the voicings and the chords to these songs. Once we did that, it, it came to really easy, you know, and then the nature of the songwriting behind those songs started to come out on its own. And I started realizing, oh, there's the, you know, there was the cool beauty behind the simplicity of the song. There it is. But the way we were trying it before was the guys would tune guitars, acoustic guitars down to B. Yeah, right. And that to me was always like, I can't even wrap my head around like the things are out of tune and they don't even stay in tune. And it made <laughs> no sense to me, you know, but maybe it would have if we would have thought about it differently then, like just take a regular acoustic guitar, figure out how to play the El Nino songs maybe we would have been able to make it work but i know that i just kept thinking in my head every time we tried it or we did it like uh, just something, something doesn't feel right i don't feel right singing to it like that maybe it was just in my head maybe we should have just been, been playing with a real acoustic guitar <laughs> tuned, I, I, not it was a real acoustic guitar but tuned to just a standard tuning you know right that that made it think that made things easier for me at least playing the songs acoustically for sure 
Well, and I think, you know, back to the perception thing, you know, as far as like, oh, I'm surprised anybody would even care. I think really the thing that I've enjoyed the most is kind of the approach that you've taken in that you haven't really set anybody up for any kind of weird expectation for what it was supposed to sound like. Because I feel like, I feel like a lot of guys that come from a metal background that want to do something that's not that, you know, um, I think sometimes they tend to use certain buzzwords or certain ideas like, oh, yeah, well, it's going to be a little bit different, but I think overall you're going to like it or whatever. Like, I, I feel like just I feel like fear, in your particular out of, out of yeah. their own fear that their fans were just going to backlash right away. Right. But I mean, I feel like you kind of came out just more honest and you're like, yeah, this is not like any of any of, of the my previous material. Um, at least not in the in the level of aggressive, you know, uh, yeah. aggressive sound. Yeah, I mean, I think that probably would. You're absolutely right. Probably would have been one of the worst things I could have done was come out and be like, "Oh, I'm experimenting, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It'll be a little different." And you know, it would have been like gaslighting people to be like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" Right. Well, and thank <laughs> no, you I think, so I much. Think that I had to. I think I had to. The only thing, I, really, the only the thing I think I owed the fans the most was being honest with them. You know, yeah. and letting them know, hey, this is what it is. I'm past this point. You know, uh, I don't want to keep holding on to a grudge. So I, I'd rather just put my energy into this completely different thing. Sure. Well, and thank you yeah. so much for not using the word mature. Like, oh, yeah, I've matured <laughs> musically. It's like one man, of my biggest I might have, man. I might have. I might have. I don't know if I did or not. Well, I, di I didn't see it, so I'm thanking you, whether it's true or it's not, because right like, on. I review a lot of music, and so one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody's like, oh, yeah, I've matured so much, and da-da-da-da-da, basically taking a dump on the people that were a fan of you prior, you know what I mean? Yeah, prior no, to terrible. the new material. And, and there's yeah. a debate, and anyone could debate, like, no, the music you wrote was cool. It was your version of who you were at the moment. It's not about maturity, you know? Right. There's people that are, you know, that I, I feel are extremely mature. First, let's say most musicians, you know, have their childlike things about them forever. It's just the sure. way it's, it's in the nature of, you know, playing music and just having a lighthearted thing about it. But, you know, there there are people who who just don't, you know, and that really could fuck things up for sure. You know, I think oh, that yeah. being being a lighthearted musician, trying to keep it lighthearted and genuine, at least in what I'm doing is the right thing. And metal, it could work, too. I do see that, you know, more bands in metal are coming out of the, oh, I must be dark and things, you know, <laughs> I, I must be like, you know, let me be tough or something like you see more bands like now just joking around on camera and being themselves you know the guys from kill switch are very themselves they're yeah you know i mean adam might be a little you know extra but you know they're just being themselves well i can't talk bad about a price is right winner so you know <laughs> that's right dude that was one of the greatest moments in metal bro in metal commercial tv you know <laughs> yeah like it was cool enough that he was on it and then he got picked and got you know and all that but then like the fact that he won on top of all that's of that extra. was just like that's super yeah. extra that's like you never expect that to happen <laughs> yeah it's like a d snyder moment almost yeah 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 it's like one of the greatest moments in metal for sure for sure as far as on tv you know 
Like, yeah. what else great has happened on public TV for metal? Other Marilyn than like, Manson on like yeah, the Phil Donahue. Yeah, 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 yeah Donahue. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, nothing, showing my age. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody in metal has ever won a prize on public TV, man. Uh, not when they <laughs> want to readily admit getting. <laughs> and you're right about Dee Snyder because they put him on public TV like defending metal. Yeah, but yeah. it was like you know, it was they put him on there. They let's see if he digs them out of the trenches. That's the yeah. way they put him on there. You know, yeah. they didn't put him. They didn't put him on there thinking, you know, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna speak for the metal community, and and we'll all know now that they're not bad people. No, nah, they put him on there because they thought he was gonna be a disaster, a mess. Yeah, and he came on and he was like more well spoken and had more logical more arguments than everybody else than them. there. Yeah. More logical arguments than them, people who were educated, fifteen years of schooling, and you know, and this guy just. And, and maybe that's what it is sometimes, you know, in things like that. When things start to get too political, you start to lose the sense of humanity. And he came in there, was eloquent, was intelligent, but really put the human element into what the, 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 the resolution should or shouldn't be. Because the way they were looking at it, you know, all metalheads are bad. They write bad music. People are going to kill themselves if, you know. Right. God, what a what a terrible time the PMRC was. Remember that? It was yeah. scary, man. Bands were worried about that. I that feel was like one it, of the few times where where bands were really worried. I definitely yeah. feel like it helped uh, push a lot of the album sales. So as soon as those stickers went yeah. on, you like wanted it more. Yeah, yeah, no, it helped, but the bands were worried. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. those people had power and they didn't know what was going to happen. They thought that albums were really going to get censored. You know. Because, I mean, think about it. Think about going as far as bringing D. Snyder <laughs> to a frigging courtroom to explain why he wrote, we're not going to take it or whatever, whatever they had him there. Explain. Under the knife, I think that was the biggest one. Was it? Under, was it? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, this is about my friend getting his tonsils taken out, but you guys are trying to find, like, S&M themes. And he's like, and that's the great thing about music lyrics is that you can find whatever meaning you want to find in them. So if you're thinking about a a, 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 a medical procedure, you'll find that. If you're looking for S&M, I mean, I guess you'll find that, too. It all just mm -hmm. depends on what you're looking for. Lyrics are subjective. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I wrote a song once about a fish that I had in a bowl. And just about his just... Is that what's, uh, what comes prison. around? No man, man. <laughs> goes around and around. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I knew it was a little hanging fruit. Yeah, but isn't that when he starts what's... off with "I hate you"? I don't think he hated his fish. No. What's I? No, but if if he's the fish, think if if he, the song is in the person of the fish, maybe the fish hates the person that put him in there. Oh man, it's a it's now a social deep. political uh, commentary. That's hey Christian, right what's there. what's what comes around about? Well, it's a little fish. He was swimming in his bowl over and over, just going in circles. <laughs> then he died to flush him down the toilet. That went round and round. Oh, and then oh he man! Hated me for sure. He hated me for sure. That <laughs> I was just sleeping and he flushed me down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, but one song was about dying. I remember like sitting around and bringing it up to the producer, being like, "Hey, man, I, I have these lyrics, and it's about the fish, a fish that I have in a bowl." And how fucking sad is it to have to live within this confined space? And obviously I didn't put in the song, you know, so I'm it's how can I live in the bowl? Right? No, it's actually, 
de la vida. De la vida. Ah. It, was a, it was on one nation. It wasn't one okay. of like, I wouldn't have been able to do that on a single. That's something that, <laughs> that you do. You like experiment a theme or some like disturbed kind of like, you know, an animal feeling fucking in prison. You can't put that on a single. People will never fucking even, they'll be like, he's nuts. <laughs> I mean, Miley Cyrus put out a single called uh, Pablo the Blowfish. Yeah, I mean, look in indie music or pop, you could get away with a lot of shit. But you know how metal is, man. Yeah, metal. You know, you get stabbed for like <laughs> putting. You know, I, I don't know. You put on the wrong clothes that you might get. Oh, don't kill me, guys! Stop it! Hold on. Yeah, you have the wrong. You have the wrong patch on your vest. Yeah. Right, right, right. You're like, I never liked the albums before this album. Oh yeah. So did you Almost guys? Uh, did you guys sue uh, Roomba for taking your your name? Damn, they spelled it there. Imagine it was like that. Yeah, you <laughs> we would have been sued. We would have been sued, dude. Whoever came up with the musical style would have sued us. That's nah. the that's the flip on that. They would have been like, uh, we made Roomba <laughs> albums in Cuba back in 1942. <laughs> you owe us three million dollars. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're gonna go ahead and sue Roomba then for sucking up our. Our ideas. I don't know. I don't know why Cuban gangsters would sound like The Godfather, but in my head they do. <laughs> Ooh. You owe us three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But uh, yeah, and that that's one of the that, that's one of the coolest things now, though, is you know, is as far as like fear, uh, as far as like releasing music right now, um, I almost think now is kind of the perfect time for you to be dropping it. In the sense that, like, um, in the sense that everybody kind of has time to pay attention, you yeah, know, yeah. in the sense that everybody's kind of looking for new entertainment and looking for new things to kind of get into. I mean, it sucks that you can't, like, as the musician, it's really hard not to be able to just go out and start playing out, yeah, because yeah. that's like what you do. That's like, you know, you do that for how whenever, however many years, and then, but it's also and, like the main way of promoting is like, you know you prepare an album by going out playing shows and doing press like the press yeah. has been amazing that's why i'm just like man if i would have been able to play shows it would be so badass you know because yeah. i'd be out there having fun playing music and playing the people you know letting them know about the album but um but yeah i mean you know man, I i'm blessed to even be able to do it dude you know what is one of the things that uh you know, I know we kind of talked about this at some point, you know, just kind of, you know, doing something solo versus being a full band. But, you know, now that you're <laughs> the crow, now that you're uh, <laughs> he's going to freaking start eating me. He's like, if you can, they're like pushing on me. They're like, if he stays for three more minutes, he might be dead. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Oh, my God. Are we doing this? Do I need to start thinking about album or song titles? Go. Hey, hey, you know, I, I, I. We talked about it on the podcast uh, that dropped on Sunday that, you know, I made a reference to a song reminding me of Terminators. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gave him a lot. I gave him a lot of grief for that one. I believe Who were you guys on? What cast was it? Who were you guys on with? No, it was uh, you. It was, <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, it was okay, your okay. episode. So, like, okay, I couldn't okay, make okay. it when you guys did the interview because um, I was at work or something. And, um, so, yeah, John's all like, yeah, hey, go ahead and listen to this interview with Christian. And then... Uh, We'll do, you know, we'll talk about it or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Because most of John's interviews are like 30 minutes, uh, 35 yeah, we, minutes or well, something. I mean, we, 
we know each other, so it's tough, you know. I yeah. mean, even when we're doing a podcast, we, we got to get a little bullshit time in there too. <laughs> no, it was very entertaining. I know, but I didn't know that before I heard it, you know. So like, I uh, I pop it on, and I was like, all right, well, for the next hour and forty five minutes, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get plugged in here, and then uh, I don't know. I was doing something at work, like my boss was talking to me or something, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then I put my earbud back in, and he's talking about liquid metal terminators and <laughs> all this stuff, and I was like, what are you? <laughs> what happened to this interview? I, I had to run it back and listen to it like three or four times just to figure out what the context was. I mean, come on, man. We had to talk about everything. It was too much stuff to catch up on, man. Talking about fucking <laughs> mini disc players. <laughs> you want to talk about them again? I still remember no. them, dude. I, 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 I think I told you I had them, though. I went to my parents' house this past weekend and I saw like the, the little like stereo setup where you could detach the speakers. And I was like, I know you got that mini disc player in there somewhere. <laughs> I have a mini disc player. She had an you... Iowa, yo. She had an Iowa, uh, Iowa, Iowa I, yeah. stereo in there. Damn. Yeah. yeah. With the equal, with the different EQs. Remember, you used to have the different EQs. <laughs> yep. Back when it was all about the the six disc uh, CD changer. Oh, like this That's one I have right. behind me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's like I was talking to uh, right under so, my cassette deck. Yeah, yeah. So funny enough, uh, Jordan Whalen from uh, I guess still technically of uh, Still Remains, but of Kill the Lights now. Um, so he was showing me his home studio setup, and underneath his computer is like the fucking three disc CD like boombox thing. And I was like, that's a cool setup and like cool guitars and all that shit. But I was like, what the fuck is that doing under your like nice like studio setup? And he was like, well, I mean, I'm not gonna get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you literally have like the nicest shit to like make your stuff sound good and then, and now you're like well, you know sometimes got your cd you, player underneath <laughs> sometimes you need like playback all over the place like different places of your house and shit especially when you write you want like be able to hear a track in the kitchen or over there or over there it just having shit around usually helps i totally get it though not being able to throw out audio stuff i still got a box of like cables that make no sense you know that i probably don't need but i'm like i don't know i'll throw them out next year or something 2021 that's the year i throw away my my box of stupid cables <laughs> yeah 2020 is not the year you throw out your box of stupid cables because chances are you'll need them <laughs> november rolls around and you'll be like god damn it the only way i could have gotten this was if i had that stupid ass cable i threw out i got this radio shack receipt <laughs> it'll come in handy someday <laughs> Dude, the cables are no joke, though. Like, I mean, and not this isn't even cables, but like about 10 minutes before we came on live to do this, I spilled like a little bit of liquid onto my keyboard and it just shorted the entire thing out. So it was like Oof. letter H the entire time. So I'm like running to my garage. I'm like digging through all these old computer parts and I find this old crappy Dell keyboard and I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is going <laughs> to this is going to get us through. So it I mean, saved, you can't you just see? throw stuff like that. out. I've almost thrown that keyboard out like six times. It saved you. Look at that. I've almost thrown mice, like a mouse, out mm -hmm. a bunch of times. A wired mouse. Mm -hmm. So many yep. times. And then when, when every single time that, like the Bluetooth wants to act up on the Mac or something, I'm like, thank God I never threw out this goddamn wired mouse, bro. Because <laughs> yep. if you got a mini Mac or a tower, you can't really. Yeah. Unless you have a laptop. And, yep. you know, if like the Bluetooth acts up on your mouse, you're like screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. 
I do everything wired, man. Like I, I'm, I'm so. That's the whole thing, John. If you're gonna get rid of that box of cables, why don't you just send them over here? So, yeah. I mean, you make it seem like I have keep a box of storage. cables. Yeah, I keep them in storage, man. I'll send you my cables, bro. <laughs> right. <laughs> I used to fix them, like when I was like super poor. You're talking to I the would dude like who still has his Beats headphones that straight up like come out. <laughs> hey, those are still great, dude. If you ever yeah. listen, if you've listened to anything on those in a while, I know they're like a little outdated or whatever, but like that's kind of part of the appeal at this point. I'm Look at that. Like straight up like broke. <laughs> wow. But I just can't get rid of them. Yo, some duct tape on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm a redneck. I'd have no shame in that. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so, are, the, the plastic's over anyway. Like, come on. Those might be my uh, cutting the lawn uh, headphones. <laughs> I noticed that everybody, everybody usually like in the music industry, we've been on to in-ears for a long time, but now there's a lot of companies who are like selling Bluetooth in-ear buds that probably sound phenomenal, man. I'm, How do I've been those work as headphones, basically? I don't know. They connect Bluetooth, but I imagine they must work good. You probably get badass isolation. You don't well, want to be the, driving with them on. I meant the in-ears. Have you done that? Have oh, you the listened? in-ears, the in-ears yeah. look freaking work awesome, man. I love them. I use them in the studio all the time, too. I always remember like Chino always talking about how he hated using in-ears because basically it's like, yeah, you sound great, which if you've seen Deftones over the last like 10 years since he's been using them, yeah, they sound great. But he also says like you kind of lose a little bit of that like in the moment kind of vibe of like hearing the crowd and all that kind of shit. Yeah, like, you, you do. You do. You don't you do get any of that. Sure. So you do for sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're really there to try to perform as best as you can. And you got to try to use you know the better all the all the audio tricks that you could try to use to hear yourself better a better mix in your in ears you know um can you imagine gg allen with in ears <laughs> i don't want to think about given, he might have given himself an infection if he had it <laughs> i was going to say i don't want to think about where gg allen put the in ears <laughs> yeah, come on man <laughs> I can't think about that stuff. I got kids. Come on. Wait, were you yeah, the dude who posted that, that meme the other day about uh, all the children or whatever? And then it was like grindcore with a kid passed out with shit all over the dresser drawers. Yeah, yeah. I might have posted that. But, you know. <laughs> I saw that meme. That's a good that's one. Re that's real life. I mean, it, it really is. Um, They're all sleeping right now. So, you know, we might, might get away yeah, with stuff like that. But yeah. Gino back in the day didn't used to use any of That's right. You're right. And no. he started using them. And they work, uh, from what I've heard, they work really great for him, you know? It's just, it takes, it's probably used to him by now, I'm sure. Do you, what, uh, I guess it's something, you know, like, it's kind of funny because thinking about, you know, like a big thing everyone keeps asking you, and I think I did too, um, in all the press that you've been doing is the, you know, how you recorded the record, basically. And what's interesting is in a day and age now where, like, it's it's constantly about, you know, the new technology, new pickups, new mics, new headphones, new whatever. Excuse me. Is it because this is the thing I don't think I've asked you. Obviously, they're, they're recording on kind of an older technology in a, in a different way of recording. But are were you kind of blending new new school with old school technology on that? Um, or does well, it only with, work well, old school well, kind of way? No, the effects are like newer school effects like the reverbs used or the delay um the compression like there's distressors on it i don't think distressors are that old but what what was 
the 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 most modest approach was using no multi-tracking in other words the musicians all played together the only one that right. was in a separate room i was in a separate room with my guitar and my vocal mic but that was because we needed to separate the vocal from the band okay um the rest of the band was in a room on their own um and we all played together they had two mics so literally they were set up in a circle around two microphones that you know the producers set them up at different angles and it must have been i mean they had it harder than me because i had the mics <laughs> i had the i had two mics to myself the vocal mic and my guitar so and they were set up to me but these guys were put around the mic and told to sit a particular way and not to move too much which i mean i didn't i couldn't move too much either but what they had to do was like on some intense <laughs> like focus shit man <laughs> so it was like four inputs basically and there's no editing there we just did takes we did about four or five takes a song but me and conrado and steven and oscar rehearsed for about three four days you know together i mean i, I had done a couple of months of rehearsal on my own but you know we went in and and did a bunch of rehearsal and then um went into the studio and did it as modest as possible meaning not a lot of inputs we all played together we played until we got the take sounding right and we just picked the best parts of each take and that was the only thing that was done like an old school recording where on tape they would make you do a bunch of takes and then they would take when you played the intro the best and they would use that intro and then they would take the best cut of the first verse and they would use that verse and they would just splice tape together. That's all we did. We didn't use tape, but we did use it the same way. It's the way that, and I would have done it differently, but I think it added like a cool vibe challenged me personally. I imagine it challenged the other musicians as well. And, um, and it, it definitely taught me that chemistry is still very important in music. You know, maybe not in all music, like maybe in dance music, you don't need like a, a band vibe chemistry, but in acoustic music is still really important. And it, it helped. It reminded me that, you know, the songs, if given a very stripped down nature, um, they almost like take on their own life, you know, and you think of them differently. And I imagine the best, the best way we could have done this was in a simple way. I think if we would have multi-tracked everything, it would have started to sound overproduced and who knows. He loses that, that atmosphere. It loses yeah. that atmosphere of, 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 of dudes being in a room playing music. Yeah, and that's, yeah. why, that's why the songs feel different because it's almost imperceptible and you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but it's just the fact that it doesn't sound like it was synthetically created yeah feels like it feels like a live performance like it's not it's an ideal situation where you can try it again if you screw up but like it's um but yeah like that that atmosphere is, is one of the most important things i think for any record in that land i feel like a lot of modern music really doesn't have that because mostly out of convenience like don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong no nobody's wrong for wanting to have the most ideal perfect sound but there is something kind of th that's there that you need uh, in order to kind of have this sort of common theme throughout all of the all the songs. Yeah, when when the label, because the label Chesky Records, they specialize in this kind of recording. You know, they 
on Chesky Records, they do a single mic recording where they use only one mic. And oh, wow. just, be, just because I was using four mics instead of one, they are, you know, we, we were, were doing like a, a subsidiary of Chesky because they're so like true to their single mic technique. And it's amazing, you know, what they do with artists, with jazz artists, it's amazing. And when they brought it up to me, I was like, at first I was like, wow, how challenging and how risky, you know, and, you know, multi-track recording is so simple and, you know, and you could keep doing it until you get it right on your own. And, but then I started thinking, oh, it's an acoustic album. And one of my favorite acoustic albums is the Alice in Chains Unplugged. When oh, they yeah. did the MTV oh, Unplugged stuff. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, why not? It's okay to have like human imperfections that sound good in the music. Totally. It reminded me that that's okay. It's all right, you know? Maybe in like industrial or like pop music, like you might not want to hear, like, it's like this, like, you know how now you hear dance music and everything is perfect. You don't hear not one bad note. There's nothing wrong. But then when you hear like an old freestyle track, now you hear like all the bad notes in those old freestyle tracks. Yep. But back in the day, we all couldn't notice that much, you know, because yep. recordings, recordings were more like, well, you're just kind of used to hearing some things that are a little tiny bit off. And even I had to get used to hearing mis like human mistakes in my own music. And I was right. like, God, but that note isn't really dead on or like this note is slightly off, but. You know, Jeff for, and the label people kept reminding me, like, dude, this is, this is, these are good mistakes. It's human element. Don't forget that. So they had to keep reminding me of that also. You know, it's not like I was in there being like, yeah, this is the way music <laughs> is. Isn't it great? We're going back to the roots. You know, I was in there nervous as hell. Like, it's, oh, I don't know. You know, there's something. It's, are you sure? You know, but they kept reminding me that the human element is, is, is important and at least what we were doing. Yeah, totally. And that's cool. That That's one of the things that I enjoyed the most about it. Cause like, I'm a metal dude, like straight up. Like I, I like it to be fast and brutal and stupid, you know, <laughs> a lot right of the on. time Same too. And, I, lo and, I love but, music. Yeah. But it's, it's one of those things where if I'm going to put myself in the mindset to maybe kind of branch out a little bit, it's nice to have, some of those because like this isn't like a heavy record but it's also like having those human kind of kind of sounds and and being a little bit more real in in its own way is really what makes it more rock and roll in that regard where the idea isn't necessarily to sound perfect the idea is just to sound like you actually care right. <laughs> about what you're singing about and whenever people have emotions they're just emotions are what they are they're not always pretty they're not always like smoothed over you know we're not always our ideal self all the time <laughs> you know yeah and um, life so i think that's a good quality for to sure it. Yeah, yeah and life is never always perfect you know that is true absolutely yeah man i mean for a metalhead to say that is you thank you for even listening on that level you know some people you know like their music the way they like it and you know i've i've felt that before in like in my life you know where i was like into things and don't throw this other thing my way because i don't even you know but I, i'd like to think that if something was always good enough that i would have always opened my mind to it somehow whether it was hip-hop or 
you know, yeah. Spanish music or um, I was still a metalhead, but, you know, I still like to always teether with crossovers into other things, you know? Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is that, like, it's not like by me going out and listening to something a little out of my comfort zone that somehow that takes away from the music the other music that i like it's not like it's not like i listened to your new record and then it was like okay well i guess i'm gonna go burn all my old il nino records you know <laughs> what i mean what's like a, was... what's a metal band that you that you spin all the time like the metal band that when you're like you know driving doing your thing going to work all the time who's the band you like to listen to well uh i really really like um i well i really Hello, like at the how gates. are you yeah i really like at the gates um i really like um Obviously, Zayo is one of the big ones. Um, I grew up in kind of a re- religious background, so a lot of the bands that I like are actually like religious themed bands. Right on. Um, but they're still like good. So it's like uh, like Living Sacrifice is probably one of my favorites of all times. So they're like a band out of Arkansas, and they're stupidly good. But because because yeah, like they're lyrics... one of the originals, they're like one of the originals that did it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I and remember. but yeah. They they were stupidly good, but because they had that stigma of my you know their music was perceived, and it's not really like that. A lot of those bands you listen to them, and you start realizing that like this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like all religious and and yada 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 yada. But it really just happens to be that like six dudes got together and used to go to a, the same church together and decided they wanted to play metal, and it's mm-hmm. not like it's not actually weird, but people just kind of put that on it. Um, and you know what it yeah. is, and, and you know what it also is. It's dudes that it was actually they were actually going against the grain by doing that. Oh because yeah, because the you know the 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 normal thing to have done would be like, oh, we're metalheads, uh, we're in the church, and oh yeah, but it's just metal. We'll talk about evil stuff in our music because that's what everybody <laughs> else does, right, you know? right? But they actually were like, nah, well, we're metalheads, but that doesn't really ring true to us. Let's just put how we feel into it. Or maybe, or I don't know if maybe they were like, this could be a cool theme, you know? Yeah. Some bands, some bands start with that too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like that's Living Sacrifice, probably my favorite. But I also like stuff like At the Gates and um, like Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. Like I just like, like the like super, the heavy super... stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I go hard. And it's funny because on my other podcast discography discussion we you know you you'd mentioned earlier how people say that il nino wasn't really metal and was more hard rock and stuff and like i would disagree to an extent because when we were listening to the records to prep up for that show you know we talked about every record like in sequential order like what we thought about them and all that stuff um i kind of was like yeah i mean you might be able to argue that the first two records might have been like more of like what was popular at the time but as it goes on, it gets so much more brutal and so much more intense than I feel like that it was before. And so, yeah, that, yeah, 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 we probably that was like a big awakening for me. We probably experimented a little bit more with the heavy stuff for sure. And Absolutely. probably we were probably like, hey, let's do more heavy stuff and, and try other lighter stuff, you know? Yeah, just out of musical curiosity, does shit like that. Well, and that's the interesting thing too that I would that I would um, that I that I would challenge anybody that, and I have never even heard anybody say this because like your record your record's not out yet, but like anybody that would come to me and be all like, oh, what's you know what's with this with this like acoustic, you know, like emotionally driven you know type of record when 
you know, this dude was like, you know, all the time, you know, before that. Um, and I, you know, I, I, the thing that I would say is that, yeah, that stuff was kind of always there. Like if you listen to, if you listen to some of those older songs, that element was always there, but it wasn't explored yeah, like yeah. to its, to its fullest extent. So, and I think that that's really what kind of opened me up to it. Cause like, I remember when John was telling me about the record, he was like, yeah, he's like, Christian's going to put out this record and it's, um, it's not going to be, you know, what you're expecting, you know, it's going to be a little, it's going to be different. And, um, and I remember, and, and at first I was kind of like, oh, I mean, okay, I'll check it out. Cause like I'm on the podcast. I have to say something about it, you know, and you know, like, if you, and if you thought that, you know, that most people were like, Oh hell no! What is he doing? <laughs> you know. But see, I wouldn't say most people because I'm not most people. Like I'm, I'm kind of a meathead sometimes when it comes to this kind of stuff. And there are some bands that I would not give the free pass. You know that that I'm giving sure, you sure. on this one. Um, but I also think that uh, <laughs> you you got your bands that you got to give a hard time no matter what. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> but like, but this was this was one of those things where it's like, well, I like. You know, I like your I like your singing. I like your melodic vocals, and I don't Thank even you, like man. a lot of I don't even like a lot of melodic vocals. If like if I'm being honest, um, but it was one of those like yeah, I could I could probably listen to that. And then I listened to it, and I actually like really wasn't as surprised like as John had kind of led me to believe. You know that like oh you know you you might not like this, <laughs> you know, or you might you know yada yada yada. But it was one of those like. Yeah, but like I feel like I've kind of heard a similar vibe or gotten kind of similar elements, you yeah, know, from, from the older stuff. From the older stuff. Like it was always there. Yeah. It yeah. just wasn't necessarily front and center because, you know, I mean I mean shit, you can't get out in front of a metal crowd and pull out your acoustic guitar and just start singing your heart out. I mean, I, I wish it was that way. Like I wish people were more like a little bit more open to stuff like that. But like I remember just kind of being like yeah, I actually really don't have a problem with this. And I found myself spinning it a lot more than I, than I probably would have if I, if I would have just like kind of taken John's cue and been like, yeah, I know you're probably not going to like this, you know, but uh, the music is pretty dark in some weird way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think probably the metalhead in me, wouldn't allow me to make like some like happy acoustic album or something like that. I really don't know, but I've listened to dark music so much in my life that, and the funny thing, the funny thing is that I enjoy my favorite kind of music is very dark and, you know, talking about very personal themes. And that's really what metal is. If you think about it, some metal gets social, but even in its social or political lyricism, metal is still personal, angry, and very, I must overcome. Um, yeah. And th- th- that part of me, I guess, will always just have to be, you know? And probably that's the thing that didn't, wouldn't allow... I, like, I didn't want the songs to be too cheesy and things like that. I remember when I was doing the demos, it would have been easy to write, like, a folkier song or something like that. And for some people, it might have worked, but I don't know if it would have worked for me. That's probably why some of the things sound a little bit familiar because a lot of the songwriting that was done in you know, back in the day it was just me sitting around with an acoustic guitar trying to write songs for the band. Then yeah. we would ultimately, you know, uh, make them as loud as possible. I mean, we were a metal band, but 
<laughs> you know, I wasn't necessarily all the time sitting around plugged into an amp, jamming loud, trying to write riffs and stuff like that. You know, it was sure. coming from some like, eh, let me put some feelings into some kind of song. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it's like, oh, God, I can't believe I talked about that. Or, uh, <laughs> right, so yeah. dated, you know. But, uh, yeah. but it's awesome to hear Metalhead say that, man, you know. Cause it, well, yeah. a lot of a lot of people could have just it's the easy thing to be like oh, I don't listen to that kind of music, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get it, and like, I mean, but I mean, I think I think it all goes hand in hand in a certain in a certain sense, in that like, I mean, if you look at my vinyl collection, yeah, sure, there's a bunch of like Deicide records in there and a bunch of Slayer records and 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 Sepultura and just that that super like uncompromising heavy stuff. But oh, dude, like I was a of... death metal monger. I was a death oh. metal monger for the longest time. I mean, when Roadrunner was putting, you know, when Roadrunner was putting out all the all the death metal albums, Pestilence, Obituary, Deicide, Suffocation, oh God, Living Creation, yeah. all I was listening to all those bands, buying all those albums. You know, it was Same. just like my thing. Fear Factory ultimately led me down the path of like brutal can have melody too, and they they yeah. definitely like changed the way my mind thought about metal a little bit tool also because tool was so dark that in my head they weren't an alternative grunge band they just couldn't be you know yeah they yeah. maybe came out as that but in my head it was like no they're they're like this dark different thing yeah well and it's weird too because even stuff like you know like in in with all those you know deicide and morbid angel records i've got probably got like for every morbid angel record i probably have three johnny cash records and yet <laughs> right and yet and yet the level the level of darkness remains <laughs> you know what i mean it's still yep. it, it's very it's still very um it's very cerebral in a way it kind of gets under your skin and it makes you feel the same way. And I think that's, that's the most interesting thing about something like this is that like, you know, I think music fans, when you listen to a band and then you, you hear that one song the first time and it makes you feel a certain way. And then you listen to their other songs in the hope that the other songs will also make you feel that same way, you know? Um, and I feel like I feel like it really in a lot of ways that has still remained regardless of the of the genre, you know, and uh, and I think that's that's the thing that's the most exciting about it is that, like, I can still be all about it, but not necessarily even feel like I had to change, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, in order yeah. to or whatever. And um, so, yeah, no, I, th I thought it was cool, man. I, I, I spun that record. Um, well, at least as much of it as I was allowed to spend um, for, for a while. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, brother. So I think you have hey, to get I'm ready to get going, here. right? Yeah, man. I'm actually in the studio just putting in some work at the moment. Nice. But, you know, it's amazing to be able to take a break and just hang out for it. Because, you know, in the studio, it gets very, like, loud thinking and, you know, it's kind of thinking in parts and things and you know, I, I probably needed a freaking goddamn break from. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> holy shit! Totally, man. But hey, what are you guys up to for the rest of the night? I'm gonna get back to, uh, you know, thinking of music. Well, Damn. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be taking a computer keyboard apart and trying to hope that the circuit board and it's not fried. But um, pour, pour some alcohol on it, maybe. No, that's what I did originally. That that was the problem. I poured beer accidentally. So I was like moving my microphone around and I just like spilled beer all over the 
top of it. So that's that's the op- uh, that's the opposite of what I need to do. Well, you uh, know when they when you have goddamn helicopter, you know when you have a hangover, what they say is the cure, right? Hair of the dog. Keep drinking more alcohol. Yeah, just pour yep, some yep. more beer on that keyboard. <laughs> well, that's definitely in on brand with brutally speaking. That's for sure. <laughs> But hey, man, thank you so much for having me on again, dude. And you know, when whenever you want to hang with me, you let me know. You know, I got I got time. I got time, dude. And I I need the therapy. You know that. So I think you should uh, do Dan's other show or one of his two shows. Oh yeah, Dan, Dan, you let me know, man. If you if you if you allow me to do some public therapy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, um, like I sent you in that message originally, so I'm probably gonna go kind of old school, like start with your career. Whenever like nobody had heard of you all the way up until now, so sure. um, I'd love that to would do be, that, man. That'd that be could super be fun. fun. Yeah, so. yeah, I'd love to do that. I mean, not a lot of people know what the hell I did when I was like young, young before music. That's yeah, an and that's that's a rabbit hole, probably, man. You know? <laughs> it's fine. I got time. It's fine. Then like, I want to. Like I want to hear. Christian was a shoe salesman. No. <laughs> he was Al Bundy. That's important <laughs> stuff. That's important stuff. So I just want to yeah, hear cool. uh, Christian pick a band and hear you guys bullshit about whatever band he picks. Yeah, right. It's a lot. Of oh good yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. For it's the other show, so I have three shows. But hey, man, so yeah, let's stay in contact, brother. I'm definitely down whenever you want. And you know, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm gonna share this right now. Is it going live right now? It's live. Yeah. Yeah, it's been live okay, the whole okay. time. So. Are you putting are you putting a link up to this? Uh I can send you a link to basically rewatch this. Um yeah, yeah, the yeah. audio version I'll drop in the podcast feed probably in like a week or so. Okay, awesome, awesome. Cool. And I'll have John give me your number. I'll just text you or something. Um text me on... tonight. That way we stay yeah. in contact for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, you have a good night. Enjoy enjoy your studio time. And again, hey man, pleasure hanging with you guys, dude. You guys can uh, pre-order Hollywood E. Sycamore at ChristianMachado.com. It's at the bottom if you're re-watching the uh, thing. It's available September 25th, this Friday. Fucking pick it up. Save it, pre-order it, whatever. Everybody's on, that's on digital. I'm on all the digital. And that uh, that platforms. concludes. This concludes uh, Machado Week. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much, my brother. It has been a pleasure, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am blessed to have friends. Like you crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> Talk to you soon, man. <laughs> All right, later, man. guys. Peace. Peace. Yeah. And then there were two. And then there were two. Absolutely. That was fun. Yeah. Sorry, I was watching wrestling and playoff basketball. <laughs> That's fine, man. I'm a little distracted because, like, your keyboard? I don't know why, why my computer just shut off randomly, too. So that's like also a concern. Well, apparently, but, Christian yeah. is the new Howard Jones. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought that like really hard <laughs> at first. I was like, man, I'm going to end up like not doing any part of this interview. <laughs> so, yeah. It's fine. It was almost perfect because uh, I was texting with Andrew before all this because I was like, hey, you're going to watch this because uh, obviously, like I was saying, uh, Andrew sent me the song that he was like, yo, because yeah. like, I don't even know if I told you this. So like we got done doing that new metal uh, top five. Um, Andrew, like a, probably like three or four days later, I was like, dude, like ever since then, like I've just been like so engrossed in like new metal and so forth and so i wrote this song and i totally hear christian on it and then so i was at a bar and i'm like i can't fucking hear this right. so 
when I went home to go like drop the car off and then catch an Uber back home and all that kind of shit, I gave like the fucking track, like the, the car stereo treatment. And I was like, yo, absolutely. Christian should be on this. And then he's like, yeah, I sent him a Facebook message. I don't know. I don't know if he checks that shit. So I was like, hold on a second. Power of the fucking <laughs> power of the phone. I fucking connected those two. And then I was like, cool, you do. You guys do your shit from there. Um, so as you, I mean, you didn't hear, but the people listening, uh, sounds like Christian's got a handful of ideas, uh, demos done, and uh, we'll probably be submitting something to Andrew relatively soon. And uh, hopefully that'll be something that we get to hear in the very near future. Because uh, I don't know about you. like I mean, I do know. <laughs> I've heard the track, so I know what, what to expect and how awesome it is. But uh, beyond that, I know the other person we're trying to figure out a way to get to is Lejean because he's... Andrew's a big seven dust fan. Wants to get Lejean on a track. I know he's reached out to him, um, but I feel like we need to uh, put the the good vibes out into the world, and make that fucking happen. So sometimes yeah, when you when you check into these uh, these live streams, get to hear some dirt, get to hear some juicy gossip. Oh yeah, man! I think the juiciest gossip that they got was that Christian will probably be appearing on an episode of Discuss Metal soon. I yeah, know, actually, in like, nine, in like nine weeks when Joe edits it and puts it out. I was going to say, I think as of uh, when we're doing this, I think my episode with Scott Bowling will be up probably Friday or Saturday. I don't yeah, know when he posts. Cool. I don't know when he posts. Everybody, everybody's premier podcast host, John Beatty on Good Company with Bowling. It'll be very in weird. In the flesh. I was wearing a different Braves hat and a different hip hop shirt. <laughs> so I imagine your wardrobe is like, on par with Batman's wardrobe. It's like, which hip hop shirt am I going to, and Brave shirt hat am I going to wear today? Well, I just got this one in today. This is a pre-order. As you can kind of see from the bill, it's not just a discoloration. They called this one, the green eggs and ham. So it's like a Kelly green nice. and then uh, pink underneath. It was uh, some of the proceeds, I believe went to uh, breast cancer awareness uh, research or whatever. Um, so as of with this hat, I've gotten five in the last week. Uh, Braves hats, and I think I now have eleven total. Nice. So, and then yes, I I do own as as you'll see in the Scott Bowling episode, I'm wearing my Taxi Cab Yellow Braves hat that I ordered uh, with my Wu Tang shirt and my nice Nike uh, Jordan three twelves. So, a lot of yellow, a lot of black, a lot of uh, Wu Tang colors. Uh, my wife gives me a lot of grief for the different hats. Why do you need so many? And uh, as I proved with my St. Paddy's Day hat, where I busted out my old uh, code orange hoodie that I haven't worn in like three years, I was like, that's that's why I now have a hat for almost every outfit I would be wearing, which you can't see it. But with the uh, move the mic out of the way with the green and the pink works. Nice. So I'm one that's of those. Like my, that's like my wardrobe, man. I'm like, which Zayo shirt do I want to wear today? <laughs> and now I'm getting now I'm getting two more in the mail here soon. So. How many how many Zayo shirts do you have? Oh, I knew you were gonna ask me that question. Okay, so I've got one from the funeral god run. I have the classic Liberate shirt, but it's too small for me. So hopefully my diet continues to work and I'll be able to wear that one again. Uh, so that's two, and then I've got the Zayo um, Deny Your Evolution While Acting Like an Animal t-shirt, uh, and then I've got the Zayo with Birds t-shirt, the Zayo Awake shirt that came with the Zayo Awake album, 
Uh, I've got the well-intentioned virus t-shirt. I've got another shirt with birds, another shirt with an evil owl. And then so in a couple of weeks, I assume I'm going to have the blood and fire shirt and the splinter shard shirt. So that'd be a total of 10. So I can fill out the whole week for sure. <laughs> like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, air our dirty laundry, you know, here live on the show. Um, so everybody knows because I complained endlessly about it online. <clears throat> Zayo just re-released um, the Splinter Shards, the Birth of Separation. And where Blood and Fire bring rest on vinyl, completely remastered for vinyl, with extended artwork, and the records actually have um, like double-sided prints of the extended artwork on them, and uh, they're going to end up probably being like right behind me on my wall in frames uh, whenever they come. But uh, you know, you've heard me complaining on several episodes up to this point that. Um, oh yeah, my brakes broke and you know, I ran out of money and everything. And then these things were yada, yada, yada. And I was complaining, 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 complaining. And then, uh, John here, uh, conspired, uh, behind my back with, uh, with my employer, uh, Alexander, and they both conspired to, uh, end up getting me those records. And I think that that was like probably the nicest thing anybody's done for me in like a decade. So thank you, John. And thank you, Alex. Um, it means means a lot to me. I'm not trying to be like cheesy. I'm not going to cry on the podcast, but like it's absolutely. <laughs> Squirt like, tears, I did, you bitch. <laughs> I did. That, I did that early. I know. I I cried earlier. It was it was kind of intense. And then me and Alex hugged it out. And if John lived with me, you know, near me, then you know, uh, we would probably hug it out as well, uh, whether he wanted to or not. And um, so yeah, I mean, it was really cool. And like. I also have to say how paramount it was that they got those because those records sold out in like five minutes. Well, to be fair, I knew (laughs) Alex and I were talking last night and then basically they, we formulated a plan like who was going to buy which one. So that helped. And then secondly, uh, this morning or probably about like 45 minutes before. So like, I was like, yo, uh, I'm still getting this one. You're getting that one. Correct. Yes. So what I didn't want to happen was for them to sell out. Then I was both be like, oh, fuck, I bought the same one. <laughs> um, I mean, I would have been happy with either or. So, I mean, it's not like. Well, know, not I two copies of the same. <laughs> well, I would have just I would have just like flipped, flipped one the on other eBay one get the other super one. high yeah. and then got the other one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so I happened to go like we both were like, yeah, don't go to solid state. Where I was like, well, yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, they crash, dude. Like, I know they always do. That shit never fucking works. Like, I, I mean, I don't buy a whole lot of solid state shit, but I know that they never are ready for the pre-orders. Um, dude, no. So we uh, I ended up going to Holy Mountain uh, and I happened to just refresh like four minutes before it's supposed to go live. Boom! Saw the, yeah, the record. Saw the record. I there, yeah. saw the record. I was supposed to get, and I was like, "Yo, I think everything's live." Like, I didn't even fucking look to see if the other one was, but I was like, "Mine's live. I bought it. I'm good to go." And yeah, uh, yeah like I had mine secured, and it was kind of funny because like I uh, was gonna tell Alex, literally as you were, as you sent me like, "Oh, I guess I have these." Like, and sent me like his whole order. I straight up was about to tell him like. I know I'm going to get drunk. Like I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Like, especially like one where I know someone's going to be so stoked on it. Cause like, 
I don't know. I just and we talk all the time. It would have been really hard for you not to let something slip at some oh, point. I, oh yeah, eventually it would have been doing like a King Mothership episode, and I'd be like, Ooh, you know what? <laughs> Do you guys write music? You guys like music? That's all I remember from that episode. Oh I anything else about it. And that even though like you've been like, hey, you think that was good? And I was like, yeah, it was great, dude. Even though I don't know remember anything from it at all. <laughs> I mean, at the absolute worst, like I mean, that'll be probably the next episode we record intros for and so forth. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The interesting thing about that is, is I feel bad. Like there's been a full transparency, transparency for the people watching and the people who will hear the Christian episode that we already recorded. You're never going to hear this, so this is exclusive to if you're watching this now live in the moment. Hey. So. I came home pretty pretty half in the bag uh, for uh, an interview we did with uh, Spencer from Periphery and his uh, bass player uh, for King Mothership, their new pro- uh, project. Keep talking. That'll be, I'll be right back. Yep, that'll be out uh, in a couple weeks now, actually. I think less than a month uh, that King Mothership record will be out. And uh, Dan will attest, obviously he just left, but Dan will attest that uh, I came in to sit down and do the interview, and I had like my glass of water and was ready to just kind of like kind of sit down and chill. And the next thing I know, my wife comes in with fucking shots and some other stuff. And we talked to Spencer and them for, I think a good, at least hour, maybe an hour and a half. And it was a, it was a drunk, drunk conversation, but I feel like the nice thing is, is that we actually have a brand. (laughs) that that works for i don't i don't want to be known for doing that um it's definitely happened in the past and there have been episodes either due to one because we recorded intros for an episode after that hour and a half and where i still was drinking uh that i was like yo i need to go back and fix this um but you won't know you won't know which one that is because i mean might have already happened but uh, I re-recorded my parts uh, against Dan's because uh, Dan actually was coherent. And uh, yeah, then basically uh, I had an audio issue and I had to re-record my intro and outro stuff with Oops. Uh, against Dan. So uh, yeah, ship episode. I haven't listened back to it. I'm almost afraid. To, it, I feel like it might be how the Brock and 36 uh, interview was toward the end <laughs> when I go back and listen to it. But who knows? Maybe that'll be the charm of that episode is you can kind of hear Dan and I kind of like half in the bag. At least me. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember, so probably me too. If, I, if I'm if i being honest. But like I said, that's that that's a, a show that's on brand for, for what we do sometimes. Absolutely. I do remember we talked about uh, drinking on the podcast. I think they were drinking too. They were. And they said they enjoyed it. I don't know if they really did or not. <laughs> I mean, I don't think any of us really remember what went down that night, so it'll be interesting to hear the audio file played back. Yeah. Try to remember, did you you sent me that file, I believe, of yours, I think. I did. Okay, cool. I, I, I remember that. So the the fun thing is, is barring, I don't, I mean, I don't give a fuck if I fuck it up or jinx it, but um, so we're going to put out the live chat we did with uh, Phil last week. Um, this upcoming week is the, the live uh, audio. So that whole two and a half hour conversation that is going up very, 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 very minimal intro from me, probably just going, yep, this is a thing we did <laughs> listen to it. And, uh, then, uh, I think next week's guest that we're going to have on here is going to be, uh, uh, Kyle from 
Bad Wolves. Um, I found out, interestingly enough, that we share a birthday. And uh, our birthdays were this past Saturday. Or Sunday, sorry. This last Sunday. And uh, it was kind of weird because uh, I wanted to do a fun podcast with him where we just bullshitted about like, you know, shitty birthday gifts or I don't know. I don't really care. But he recently just started up his podcast again. And so I think the third episode just came out uh, probably a couple of couple of days ago. But he's had uh, Travis from Atreyu on and they basically just talked about video games for like two and a half hours. And that was pretty cool. Um. I actually <laughs> sent him a message on Instagram <laughs> yesterday because uh, I pre-ordered the new Xbox uh, yesterday. So while Dan was, while I was kind of like Dan was going through his whole struggles of like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to get this pre-order. And I was actually not necessarily dealing with the bullshit of the pre-order like a lot of other people had. Um, my Xbox pre-order situation was fucked. I was so ready. I had it ready to go on Best Buy. I fucking had like my work computer, my laptop I brought with me and my phone all ready to go. And Best Buy didn't even show it in their inventory to even buy. Like it just said, it's coming soon. Target after a while, I was like, fuck, like I'll just go to Target. They didn't even have it as a pre-order option, not even available. Really? I knew, I knew better than to even try GameStop uh, yeah. or disc traders or playing trades or any of that shit. And then conveniently, hey, buddy, I used to work in a play and trade. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But I just knew because like a lot of gamers, you know, trade in their stuff. They, you know, all this kind of shit. I just figured it would be like the worst place to go try to get one. And so I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, how come everywhere I'm going? Like, it's just not available. Like, did I miss like an update? Like, yo, like the, like almost like with the Zale one, like the Zale pre-order on Holy Mountain went live like two hours before it was supposed to. So then, you know, I went to Xbox, their website, just to be like, hey, did I miss a fucking something? Like, hey, this is getting pushed back like an hour. We're having some bugs, so like we're dealing with it. And then I just saw a pre-order on Xbox thing, and I just fucking pre-ordered it from there, and it'll be sent to my house. So like after all that stressing of like for 45 minutes of trying to get something to work, and then one of the dudes I work with comes out. He's like, could you get one? I was like, no, not yet. Still working on it. He's like, I'll sell you mine. I got a digital. And I was like, I don't want a fucking digital. <laughs> I want the, the full right. like system. And uh, yeah, so needless to say, I was able to get one. But in all of that, uh, a game that uh, Kyle has been just ramping up is that uh, Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever. Like he's oh, like yeah. super amp for it. So I go, dude, I, I wrote to him. I was like, oddly thought of you as I, I was motherfucking my Xbox one series X pre-order. It was such a clusterfuck. And then Xbox sent me an email reminder of cyberpunk coming out soon. And I was like, fuck you. I can't even get this pre-order to go through. Why would I do that pre-order? <laughs> right, 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 right. But needless to say that was, uh, I got that. Um, so I'm really excited for that to come out in the next couple of months. And totally. uh, got all my kill switch. Vinyl. Well, the, the first time the uh, first record is uh, available on vinyl, I uh, pre-ordered that. That should be here pretty soon. And then I even picked up the uh, As Daylight Dies pre-order a little while ago. So I went from not really buying any vinyl for the last probably five or six months to really getting back into it. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, cool. that's, it always has its clutches in you. You're like, like I, I, mean, I got same. Yeah. I got three emails while we were doing this about like uh, some stuff on my Discogs want list uh, going up for sale. Some uh, Deftone seven inches that I'm like, I don't really want to pay like forty bucks for a seven inch currently, but maybe I can make an offer to somebody. Yeah, totally. I'm, but, uh... 
I was just saying to see what the next Zayo uh, re-release is going to be. Are they I going in any gonna, kind of order, or I think it's going to be Liberate, but I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure you um, can text someone and find out. Yeah, Jeff said that. Jeff said that uh, they Liberate Liberate was going to happen, but we'll see. How many more do they have to repress at this point? Uh, let's see. Liberate, self-titled, Pray to Chaos. Uh, um, and then uh, there would be The Fear and Awake. And then everything after Awake, they've already released on vinyl. So I don't know what that looks like because like, I, uh, the impression that I've gotten from the band is that they... It's easier to uh, to reissue the solid state stuff right. than it is to re- to reissue the uh, the ferret stuff because ferret kind of went defunct and then um, they were bought out by like Warner Music and um, apparently Warner Brothers is terrible uh, as yeah. far as release. That's why we had the whole funeral of God debacle where I pre-ordered the album and didn't get it for a year because <laughs> they couldn't work out like. They, they couldn't actually work out like how it was going to go. So, yeah, yeah, I'm uh interested to see how that pans out. I'm uh expecting an ETID pre order coming anytime at this point. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I know I, mean, the I don't test- have any money for it, but yeah, I, I feel you. I know the test press is already out there. Uh, I tried buying one off of Biggie, I tried reaching out to some of the dudes and be like, I'll give you like 250 for that test press. Like once the record's out, like not even trying to like buy it and be like, send it to me now, like straight up when the record's out, like let me buy that test press, but no one's budging. So yeah, I feel like that's one thing I need. I just need to find one every time I die test press at this point for my collection. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really, 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 really have been fighting hard to get these Zao test presses, presses for blood and fire and for splinter shards, but, uh, no luck, luck so far. Say like, good luck. So you know, Jeff, if you're watching this, you know, hook it, hook a guy up. I know you got more. Than, I know you got more than one. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be real here. <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, this has been going for about an hour and a half. Uh, if you are still watching, there's a couple of people apparently watching. Uh, if you watch us after the fact, uh, we are involved in round four of the For the Nomads uh, silent auction stuff. Uh, I've helped personally get some people. We got Dan was speaking of D Snyder earlier. I helped uh, get D Snyder to donate some signed eight by tens and some other stuff uh, that's available for auction right now. Basically, if you're not familiar for the nomads is a charity uh, donation based uh, kind of thing um, where all the money goes to out of work touring crew behind the scenes people. So basically your text, your production managers, your lighting guys, so on and so forth um, at as of when we're recording this, I know they have raised over $150,000 uh, that they have paid out to 400 people uh, currently. Uh, like I said, round four just went live yesterday. Um, there's stuff from uh, our friends, uh, Andrew, and the rest of the TGI guys. Um, they're for the second round at this point. This is the second round that they've uh, donated some stuff to. Uh, Monkey and Corn, Monkey and Head from Corn. Uh, you can, uh, bid on Jonathan Davis's used, uh, bagpipe case. He signed it. Um, so there's, uh, the whole band signed a guitar pedal, um, that has been sitting in their storage. So Corin's up there. Lamb of God's donated some stuff again for the second time. Um, got stuff from sublime, like just 
anyone and anyone you can think of uh, is in all genres uh, basically has donated something. Um, like I said, this is the uh, fourth round of these silent auctions. Go to forthenomads.org. Uh, all the information will be there. Even if you don't want to bid on anything, there is just a straight up donation page. Uh, all money raised is going to help people that are an integral part of the touring uh, industry. Um, as you know, Randy Bly said in his video, basically shows don't happen without the road crew. Uh, they are an unthanked, unseen uh, basically industry of people. So want to thank them. Frank obviously has been on the podcast. If you want to go back and listen to him describe, you know, the, the foundation basically of this, uh, organization, uh, you can go do that. Uh, that was like one of our first, uh, episodes in the pandemic. And, uh, as well as something we're doing just to kind of help in whatever way we possibly can. Uh, if you go to our Teespring store, I believe it's just Teespring. Actually just go to brucespeakpod.com. Uh, you'll see our Teespring store there that, way easier than me telling you the link that you'll forget. Just go to the website. It's down below. Um, basically we are going to donate hundred percent of whatever we make, uh, from now, maybe for the foreseeable future. I, I don't really want to put a cap on it. Uh, if you buy something, uh, we will donate the money to them. Um, I, I, I don't need the money. We're basically pricing everything so low as it is that we're <laughs> really not even making a profit. Um, but we just, I, I, we, I'm, I'm kind of speaking for Dan. Uh, just want to do something that, uh, you know, positively Help affects people. Yeah. Yeah, the industry that, you know, obviously we are piggybacking off of it and kind of making a, a little bit of a career uh, of sorts out of with this podcast. So um, if you're any of the other podcasts that we are friends with, uh, I would urge you uh, if they do the next round, uh, round five, whenever that will be, uh, if you can uh, donate, become a sponsor. Uh, I definitely can say they bust their ass getting your name all over everything that you see for that. Uh, you know, the video that Randy Bly did at the very end, you know, there's Frank saying this isn't possible without these sponsors and, and there's our logo and, and so on and so forth. They tag you in all the uh, pages everywhere that they post these things. Um, they go above and beyond what they really need to do. So uh, I, I definitely want to raise awareness to that. And I think uh, going forward, we're definitely going to uh, still work with those guys and gals. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, organization and a fundraiser i think we can all get behind right now i i don't it, it really bums me out I, I fucking basically don't even use my calendar which is sitting right here i don't even fucking look at it i haven't i haven't changed it since may i haven't changed it since may because basically everything i wrote down just went to shit so it's it's a reminder like when i flip through of seeing things that i was supposed to be doing trips that i was supposed to go on to festivals that we were approved for interviews that we had lined up for way down the road all gone um, and those are just interviews for us. That's not jobs. Those aren't career money-making opportunities for us. So for the nomads.org, uh, if you're able to donate, if you're able to bid on anything, please do, uh, support a great cause at the very least. Uh, if you donate, um, sorry, not donate. If you buy anything from our store, uh, we will donate all of that to the, for the nomads, uh, on our behalf. So help us help them. And, uh, thank you guys for watching this. And like I said, uh, barring something, catastrophe happening uh we will be talking to uh kyle from bad wolves next week on this uh same time so hopefully we'll see you guys there and uh stay tuned for sunday's episode uh with brad arnold uh three doors down it is a very very quick episode uh but in light of all the machado week stuff i feel like uh that's okay <laughs> happy machado Happy Machado week. <laughs> this is my favorite uh, milk-based drink, a Machado. There you go. 
Well, you know, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I was able to be there for you in that way. There you go. Um, I guess for the brutally speaking podcast for this uh this live thing, I'm John. And I'm Tan. We will talk to you all next time. Stay safe. Cool beans. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum.